I, I usually don't look at the um, comments that we have as I'm trying to uh, get started of the morning. I kind of look at them in between things. But uh, anyway, we had this uh, problem this morning. So uh, let's see if we can't back up and uh, maybe take care of it. And we're reading our way through the Old Testament. This is 1 Kings. Let's try it again. 1 Kings chapter 4. So Solomon was king over all Israel. And these were the princes which he had, Azariah the son of Zadok the priest, Eliharaph and Ahiah the sons of Shisha, scribes, Jehoshaphat the son of Ahilad the recorder, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada was over the host, and Zadok and Abiathar were the priests. And Azariah the son of Nathan was over the officers. And Zabad the son of Nathan was principal officer and the king's friend. And Ahishar was over the household. And Adoniram the son of Abda was over the tribute. And Solomon had twelve officers over all Israel, which provided victuals for the king and his household. Each man his month and a year made provision. And these are their names. The son of Hur in Mount Ephraim the son of Dekar in Mekaz and in Shaalbim and Beth Shemesh and Elon Beth Hanan, the son of Hesed in Arubath, to him pertain Soko and all the land of Hefer, the son of Abinadab in all the region of Dor, which had Tephath, the daughter of Solomon, to wife, Baana, the son of Ahilad, to him pertain Tanak in and all Bethshean, which is by Zartana beneath Jezreel, from Bethshean to Abel-Meholah, even unto the place that is beyond Jochneum. The son of Geber in Ramoth-Gilead, to him pertain the towns of Jair, the son of Manasseh, which are in Gilead. To him also pertain the region of Argob, which is in Bashan, threescore great cities with walls and brazen bars. Ahinadab, the son of Iddo, had Mahanaim. Ahimeaz was in Naphtali. He also took Basmath, the daughter of Solomon, to wife. Baana, the son of Hushai, was in Asher and in Aloth. Jehoshaphat, the son of Parua, in Issachar. Shimei, the son of Elah, in Benjamin. Geber, the son of Uri, was in the country of Gilead, in the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and of Og, king of Bashan, and he was the only officer which was in the land. Judah and Israel were many, as the sand which is by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and making merry. And Solomon reigned over all kingdoms, from the river unto the land of the Philistines, and unto the border of Egypt. They brought presents and served Solomon all the days of his life. And Solomon's provision for one day was thirty measures of fine flour and threescore measures of meal, ten fat oxen and twenty oxen out of the pastures, and an hundred sheep beside hearts and roebucks and fallow deer and fatted fowl. For he had dominion over all the region on this side the river, from Tifsa even to Azza, over all the kings on this side the river, and he had peace on all sides round about him. And Judah and Israel dwelt safely, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan even to Beersheba all the days of Solomon. And Solomon had forty thousand stalls of horses for his chariots, and twelve thousand horsemen. And those officers provided victual for King Solomon, and for all that came unto King Solomon's table, every man in his month, they lacked nothing.
Barley also, and straw for the horses, and dromedaries brought they unto the place where the officers were, every man according to his charge. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much, and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country, and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezrahite, and Heman, and Calchel, and Darda the sons of Mahal. And his fame was in all nations round about. And he spake three thousand proverbs, and his songs were a thousand and five. And he spake of trees from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even under the hyssop that springeth out of the wall. He spake also of beasts, and of fowl, and of creeping things, and of fishes. And there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon, from all kings of the earth, which had heard of his wisdom. And we are reading our way through the Old Testament, and... We had some audio issues at the beginning. I wasn't looking at my audio meters to see if everything was showing that we were broadcasting audio. And uh, so some of y'all have uh, informed me, and then uh, I still didn't look at the uh, chat room or the comment section, so I was busy trying to prepare for some other things, and it just seemed like uh, I heard a voice. It was my wife. She said, you have no audio. So uh, we kind of uh, took care of that. Well, coming up in just about three minutes, we're going to be having our teaching session. So stick around. We'll be back on track. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Richard D. McKinney, pastor of Cornerstone Apostolic Church. And welcome to another 60 Seconds with the Pastor. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 21 says, Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Have you ever thought about what is happening when you post a picture on Facebook and you want the approval of others to brag on you, to approve of the way you dress or the way you look? Well, that is seeking the approval of man. And we are not to glory in men. We should be people who worry about what the Lord thinks about us. How do we look to the Lord? How does he want us to dress? How does he want us to look? And then we will be pleasing unto him and not the world. have no audio earlier, but we got it back now. Looks like everything's running as it should. Let's do this. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Woo-wee! That's some mighty fine internet radio. What time is it? i tell you what time it is. It's time for another CAC Trivia Question of the Day. CAC Trivia Question of the Day is brought to you by Cornerstone Apostolic Church and the Apostolic Voice of Phelps Radio and Television Broadcast. The radio broadcast is heard every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY FM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. 
You can also go to q95fm.net and click on the Listen Live link. Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's q95fm.net. You can also watch the Apostolic Voice of Phelps television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW. That's WQCW-TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. Well, today's trivia question, which book in the Bible immediately precedes Ezekiel? Which book in the Bible immediately precedes Ezekiel? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results of that on Monday's broadcast. And speaking of results, we do have the results of yesterday's trivia question. Yesterday's trivia question was simply, what relation, what relation or relative uh, of Abinadab was Jonathan? And out of those that participated, it looks like 100% of you got it correct. So, yeah, we'll give you a ta-da and a and uh, applause, of course. And the correct answer, it was... His brother, his brother, 1 Samuel chapter 31 and verse number 2. So everybody got it correct, and that was yesterday. And today's trivia question, which book in the Bible immediately precedes Ezekiel? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily, click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. Well, let's throw in right now before we get into our study. This is the Commonwealth Minute. Welcome to the Commonwealth Minute. Here's your host, Richard Nelson. A group of Republican lawmakers in Louisville announced the Safer Kentucky Act. It's a plan to crack down on crime and update Kentucky's criminal code. The act increases the penalties for the lethal drug fentanyl, attempted murder, and vandalism, which are all on the rise in Louisville. The Safer Kentucky Act also targets repeat felons through a three-strikes law. A third felony conviction would lead to a life sentence in prison. The bill's sponsor, Representative Jared Bauman of Louisville, said that many of his constituents have seen crime increase and they don't feel safe in their own neighborhoods. Bauman is a Republican who unseated a long-tenured moderate Democrat who likely suffered under his party's defund the police push. Now it appears to be Republicans' turn to set public policy in our biggest cities. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at CPC4Kentucky and on the web at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. And that was the Commonwealth Minute, and it is time for us to take our 30-second break. And, uh, well, we're going to take a little break, so don't touch at any key. Don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. Welcome to A Little Bit of Church Every Day, Home Bible Study 21st Century Style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. 
You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily ICAST, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Everybody and welcome to a Friday edition of our study through the Word today. We had a little bit of audio problems earlier in the broadcast, and so uh, we just had some things that uh, wasn't working. It just uh, kind of faded out and just quit, and so uh, we're hopefully got everything lined out now. But thank you for joining us today as we study in the Word. We're studying in the book of Revelation, and we want to pick up where we left off yesterday. So let's jump right into the Word. We're going into verse number 5, and this is Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 5. And it says, Out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto a crystal, and in the midst of the throne, round and about, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And of course, we read this uh, to you yesterday. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had to face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts uh, had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when the beast give honor or glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship saying, 
worship him, uh, and they say, worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their thrones before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So I want to stop right there. Kind of messed up our um, kind of reading of the word, and and we ask forgiveness for that from the Lord first and foremost, and all of our viewers. Uh, we just got a little sidetracked. I had something that uh, was was uh, not really coming up the way it should. So uh, I want to uh, just go to the Lord in prayer. As we pray today, I want us to uh, study this. This is episode 1092 of our study through the Word, and we're in the book of Revelation. We're taking it step by step, sometimes tiny steps, so that we make sure that we don't bring confusion or too much to where we can't comprehend. So with that said, I want to go to the Lord in prayer as we have the teaching today. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here together in your precious name. Lord, I thank you for all that you do. I thank you for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us and allowed us to utilize this platform to teach your word. I pray that you would bless us today as we study, that we will take line upon line, precept upon precept, and expound it fully and completely and rightly divide the word of truth. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, you know, when you start looking at these things uh, that uh, are happening in this uh, scene that John is now viewing as he entered into heaven, he saw one throne and one that sat on the throne. And that's important because this description uh, that he begins to describe is uh, he doesn't really look around and talk about walls of jasper, gates of pearl, or anything like that. He begins to just notice the very first thing is one God and one throne. That's why it's very important that we understand that there is but one God. Now, the description that he gives that he talks about uh, you know, uh, we see uh, there's a rainbow there. We see that there are uh, sardine stone, um, just different different uh, uh, things around. And then you see these beasts, and we talked about those yesterday. So uh, we're going to uh, jump, uh, and we talked about the 24 elders yesterday. So we're going to jump on into what John is seeing. And... Um, he began to see and hear, if you will, uh, things coming out of the throne. And I want to bring this up so you can kind of follow along in the word. Uh, the things coming out of the throne. And I think it's very important that we read this with this understanding because uh, this is something that uh, you see voices uh, you see thunderings, you see lightnings, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the spirit, uh, seven spirits of God. We kind of talked about that uh, yesterday also and in past broadcasts, talking uh, about how that seven is a perfection or completion. And um, since we're dealing with seven churches, 
uh, seven spirits doesn't mean that there's uh, seven different spirits uh, per se, but I really believe that it's talking about how that the Lord uh, can be in uh, the church you attend. He can be in the church I pastor. He can be in a church in, uh, in, in South America. So with all of that, uh, we understand that these seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God, uh, can refer to and just kind of look at as the perfect knowledge of God, the perfect um, um, perfection of God, if you will. Um, and sometimes you have to understand that sometimes when we read something, it's, it's, a, it's an allegory. It is a uh, it is a uh, reference to something uh, maybe literal, but it's also sometimes a reference to something symbolic, and we have to just kind of understand how to differentiate the difference between what is literal and what is symbolic. So um, I really think that um, you know when you start looking at this, John began to see uh, what was what was uh, in heaven, and and everything that he described, whether it was uh, 24 elders and 24 thrones that they set upon, or whether it was these beasts uh, that were crying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is and was and is to come, or whether it's... Uh, you know, something uh, like a sea of glass and, and, and sardine, uh, you know, sardine stones. Um, whatever it is that he saw, the, the focal point is what I'm trying to get to. The focal point was the throne and the one that sat on the throne. So whether there's 24 thrones that are kind of in the background or around, that's uh, something that John saw, but his focal point, the thing that caught his attention was that one throne and one that sat on the throne. And then we begin to see that um, all of a sudden uh, there are uh, voices uh, coming out of the throne. There's, there's lightning, there's thunder, and... Uh, and we see that that uh, is something that um, um, is Steele's focal point, if, if I can get this correct, is the focal point is still on the one throne, uh, the throne of God. So there is only one God whom we're going to see in heaven. And some believe that uh, there's going to be, uh, you know, one throne with, an, with another, uh, you know, uh, piece of God, if you will, or portion of God or another God on each side of the throne, but there's only one God. And uh, we see that throughout history. That's a why, that is why um, Paul had a, had a problem with the people serving Jesus uh, when he was Saul. Uh, referred to as Saul more than anything. Some people think that Saul's name was changed to Paul after the encounter with Jesus, but uh, it's not. It's just the different translations. Uh, sometimes it's translated Saul. Sometimes it's translated Paul. But uh, with that said, I didn't want to get off uh, too far off our track. Uh, Paul was uh, persecuting the church. He, he was arresting people. He was having people jailed. He was even having people stoned. But we find 
that uh, he did this because he was believing in the law, and the law stated there's one God. So uh, he was he was following what he had been taught, and that's why he had a problem. That's why a lot of Jewish people today do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah because they're still believing that he's yet to come and that, uh, you know, they still believe in one God. You talk to any Jewish person, they're not going to tell you a, a story about Trinity. They're not going to tell you a story about uh, three distinct and separate people. Um, they're going to tell you about one God. So what does John see when he gets that vision and immediately he's in the spirit and he's and he's entered in through the door? Well, he sees one God. Now, when we begin to look in the right hand of God, we see that right hand always denotes power. When you read, uh, you know, anything in the Word of God, uh, and and it refers to the right hand of God, you have to understand first of all, God is a spirit, and and a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones, so therefore, would there be a physical hand with a spirit. And you have to ask yourself that question. So uh, I think that this represents when the lamb went and took the book out of the right hand of the one sitting on the throne, uh, the scroll, if you will. It contained the terms by which this earth could be redeemed from the curse. And so therefore the whole earth was under a curse. We know that from Genesis chapter 3. And also, uh, the earth has been groaning and waiting for this moment of redemption. Romans chapter 8 and verse 22. Now, let's just kind of look at this book or scroll. It's sealed with seven seals, and it recalls um, many things about the ancient Jewish custom. Under the law, one might not levy on an estate beyond a certain period. Now, in the year of Jubilee, of course, we understand that mortgage property was released back to the original owner. And when an inheritance was mortgaged to a creditor, a sealed book, a sort of mortgage deed was given into the hands of the holder of the property. A sealed book was therefore a sign of an alienated inheritance. Now, this is something important of Jewish custom and history that now John is seeing in heaven. But an inheritance so held that recover of it, recovery of it was possible on the terms specified. When the legal representative of the original property holder broke the seals and bought back the property, he was called the Redeemer. So now in Revelation 5, a worthy Redeemer was found to claim the inheritance long under Satan's mortgage. The title deed to the earth was in God's hands. Satan cannot get full possession. In Romans chapter 8, verse 22 and 23, the time will come when the Lord Jesus fulfills every promise and executes the judgments and gives the inheritance to the saints. You see, that's why when you see the lamb taking the scroll or the book out of the hand, right hand of God, Jesus, which is who is God manifest in the flesh, gave his life 
to redeem us. He became our redeemer. Just like in Jewish history, that book that is sealed, once it's opened up, then the the person who opens it buys back the property. He is called the redeemer. He redeems it. He gets it back. You see, man has been fallen since the garden. And then the the Lord Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, was crucified on the cross, shed his blood, buried, rose the third day, and then ascended into heaven so that you and me could be redeemed. Oh, it's a great, it's a great allegory. It's a great understanding because uh, when you when you see the the uh, the understanding of, of uh, chapter five, uh, you you begin to see a worthy redeemer. You begin to see one that has has paid the price to buy us back, and that is a great thing to know. Now John wept when he saw that there was no man worthy to break the seals and meet the conditions necessary to redeem fallen man. He was told by one of the elders not to weep, for the line of the tribe of Judah had prevailed to open the book. Jesus is called a lion, which speaks of his deity, and he's also called the Lamb of God, which speaks of his humanity or sacrifice. I think that's important to see because John saw Jesus, uh, you know, uh, opening, taking the book, the scroll, if you will, and open it, loosen it, because he had the power to redeem. When nobody could do the job, you know, uh, there was a search, who's worthy, who's worthy to unloose this seal and this book, who's worthy to be called the Redeemer, Jesus was the one that took the book or the scroll. And, and again, when you look at that, you see um, a lot of Jewish history, but you also see why it is played out like it is, because Jesus is our Redeemer, and he, he shed his blood for us. Why? To buy us back. Redeem us means to buy back, to regain possession of. So I think that's important. And then when you go in uh, in Revelation chapter 5, and if I can uh, kind of bring this up right here real quick, I want to, uh, I want to uh, help us understand uh, what this scene is being played out because it's uh, very important to not only read this, but to kind of break it down verse by verse. So when we look at this, and I want to uh, go to uh, verse number one, uh, where we're talking about this this uh, scroll, this book that is sealed. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. Again, seven seals we can look at and we can see that this is uh, uh, revealing unto us in maybe a small measure um, the things that is going on uh, that that proves. Remember Revelation. I have to just 
throw this in here. Revelation, the whole book, is not about revealing so much the future events, but revealing who Jesus is. That's why we see the Lamb has prevailed and is worthy to take the book, loose the seals, which means to buy back or become our Redeemer. So I hope that is clear. I hope I hope you know we understand that because uh, I want us to take it slow so we can comprehend everything. And sometimes there are just so many things running through my mind that I mention one or two things and jump over here. Uh, but I want to I want to try to get focused on this so we can understand it. But Jesus, the revelation of who Jesus is, we now see that He is our Redeemer. And of course, we all know that he's our redeemer. We we know that he shed his blood for us and uh, because he gave his life for us, now we can have life and have it more abundantly. We read the scriptures, we, we understand what's been taught, but looking in Revelation, we see because the, the, the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So that's why now you see in Revelation some of the same things you've been taught all through the Bible by Paul and others. But looking at this uh, particular uh, seven seals, and then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Who is worthy to take this book, loose the seals, and buy back or redeem fallen man? And no man in heaven, now notice this, no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Nobody but let's see what happens because there is somebody. But they looked for men in heaven. They looked for men in the earth. They looked for men under the earth. They couldn't find anybody. That, that reminds me of that song, um, you know, searched all over, couldn't find nobody. Searched high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. So we see that that uh, the search was on and no man was worthy. And John began to cry and weep because there was no man found worthy to open the book and read the book, neither to look thereon. What was he crying for? Is all humanity lost? Because remember, John knows what that book that is sealed means. It means that whoever opens that up and is worthy to open that up, becomes the redeemer to buy back fallen man. So now he's weeping because he's thinking in 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 the possibility of looking beyond what is written, we, we think maybe John is crying because and weeping because he's thinking, is all humanity going to be lost? If there's nobody worthy to unloose the seals and to open the book, we can't be redeemed. We're lost. Remember the verse that says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. Well, John wept because the angel said there's nobody worthy. And and so uh, he just began to weep. And look at what happens. And I want to close with this. One of the elders saith unto me, weep not. 
Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah. And we all know that's Jesus. The root of David. We all know that's Jesus. Not talking about two different people. Line of the tribe of Judah and the root of David. That's still the same person. Hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Now, I want to close with that because our time is up. But I want us to think about this. Study beyond what I have read to you and explained to you today, today because John is seeing this scene in heaven, this book that once it's unloosed the seals and opened up, the person that is able to do that becomes the Redeemer. So there was no man in heaven, no man in the earth, no man under the earth who was worthy to do that. Why? Because man can't redeem us. Man can't redeem us. Man could shed his blood all day long, but it still don't redeem us. Um, you know, uh, people that's uh, uh, previous uh, in our history of uh, Moses and, and all the ones that may be buried, well, they're not worthy. There was only one worthy, and who was that? That's Jesus Christ, and that is God manifest in the flesh. So God himself redeemed us. That's right. God himself redeemed us. And uh, that's why when you see the allegory and the, and the uh, symbolism of the lamb taking the book out of the hand of the right hand of God, the one that sits on the throne, notice that that's that's a that's a symbolism that god is manifest in the flesh we know him as jesus the the line of the tribe of judah the root of david the lamb of god if you will and that's why he could loose the seals open it up and redeem us because god came in flesh gave his life for us Oh, what a great thing John saw. He was troubled at first because he, he kind of got into the place to where he thought, well, if no man is worthy to loose the seals, if no man is worthy to open the book, then humanity doesn't have a chance to be saved. But you know what? One of the elders said unto him, don't weep. Don't cry. There's somebody worthy. His name is Jesus. Aren't you glad that Jesus redeemed us, bought us back? The only one worthy. Not the priest, not the high priest, not any man on earth, not any man in heaven. Jesus, who was God manifest in the flesh. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the word today. I pray, Lord, I haven't confused, misrepresented, or misquoted your word in any way. I pray that I have expounded it fully, rightly divided the word of truth, line upon line and precept upon precept. If we have misrepresented in any way, forgive us, Lord, and help us to make it right. I pray, Lord, that what we have studied today is going to go into our hearts, our minds, and we're going to see that, Lord, you are the only one worthy to redeem us. And that's why we serve you. That's why we follow you. That's why you are our redeemer. 
Thank you, Lord, for what John saw. Thank you for the things you did so that we could be redeemed. Giving your life, shedding your blood. Being buried and on the third day rising again. Just as you said. We claim you and proclaim that you are our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, that will conclude our teaching session, and uh, we hope that you've been blessed. We had a little bit of audio problem, had a little bit of this, that, and other take place, and it kind of just throwed a little bit of discombobulation into our broadcast, but we got it back up and running. We want you to join us tonight at 6.30 in Yalabud, Ohio, and that is going to be at 75 Yalabud Road, Chillicothe, Ohio. And it's a little town called Yalabud. So uh, be sure to come out and be with us. That's tonight at 6.30 p.m. And tomorrow at 11. And they're going to have a dinner following. I will be up there tonight and tomorrow. So pray for my safe travels. And pray that I will have a word for the moment for the uh, celebration. It's going to be the 60th homecoming celebration. So just pray that I will have a word that will inspire them to continue on until the Lord comes back. Well, we do have our trivia question up and running. Which book in the Bible immediately precedes Ezekiel? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results of that on Monday. Well, we hope to see everybody this weekend. If not in Yalabud tonight and tomorrow, Sunday at 10 and 11 at CAC and 2 p.m. at PAC. Everybody have a great day because we are out of here. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services.